the setup, as you can see from here, is our basically we when we redone the loft at my mum's house, uh, we turned it into our geek towers. We call it cool, nice. I can see a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, my place is still under construction, so I do most of them. I kind of plan it around if we're going to do video that if people want to see a great background, then I'm always I always come to mum's until I get my studio sorted out. Well, I appreciate that. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. I enjoyed watching your video yesterday. You did a, a half hour video with someone else talking about Back to the Future. That's right. And I, I was very happy to see it, but I was also a little gutted because I was like, damn, he's asking, answering all the questions I was going to ask. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Because um, I've sort of tried to restructure it around to sort of fit in and make cool. sense a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to completely focus on that, although that is the biggest element of this. Mm -hmm. I've also, from a couple of previous uh, guests, They've thrown in some questions okay. uh, as as a quiz. Oh, nice. Uh huh. Oh, so even better. We'll see if we uh, if if we can get them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, that leads me on to the. I always do a, a how we met whenever I do these, uh, and cool. of course, we've had uh, a mutual friend, uh, Jackie yep. of JLo Jackie. Art. That's right. Um, went for a socially distanced walk with her a week or so ago. Yeah, and she said, "Oh, you know, someone great you should speak to." And lo and behold, hello. Um. <laughs> And and I'd wish I'd I'd you know discovered you sooner or, or she'd told me about you sooner because I was looking through your art and I really like what I'm seeing. Thank I you. like seeing someone having uh, also such an interest in the Back to the Future series. Um, as as I I I I've got to be honest. I thought I was I was pretty high. No, not in compared to you. No, you you're <laughs> definitely like taking it to another level. But um, yeah. So. To, to diverge from that, to, to like yep, I said, I don't want to just like on that all the time. But No, that's cool. Um, so you, you do stuff in art as well, but is that's that right. more of a hobby or do you try and sell work as well? No, it's it's kind of, it's it's mixed up with my work as well. I mean, right. my, my, my alter ego, I work in customer service. Right. Uh, and, uh, but I'm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I, uh, Art has always been a part of my life. Uh, I learned my, my youngest uncle, my dad's youngest brother, he taught me how to draw. He introduced me to my first Superman comic book. Right. And that was it. It was stuck with me. Uh, I, I uh, went to college and everything changed. I lost art. I lost the passion for right. uh, comic books. Uh, I don't know. It's a whole different change, isn't it? You, yeah. you go to college, you meet people, you try new things, and you kind of lose a part of yourself in mm -hmm. that process. But I still love doing... Uh, I got creative in a way where I did Photoshop and filming and editing right. and doing short films. And then I think it was when I was 30 years old. So basically went through something tragic and the art came flooding back to me, comic right. books, everything. So basically I, I went through a divorce in my 30, when I was right. 30. Okay. Uh, Mum was like, just come back home. You're moping around by yourself. Mm -hmm. You need people around you, come yeah. back home. Move into the loft, everything's the same still. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, and it was, it was the same. She didn't change it. <laughs> she had everything from when I was three years old still up there. Wow. So like <laughs> when, you, when I went through that box, uh, mm -hmm. the artwork came flooding back to me. I opened up a sketchbook. I think I stayed up there for three days. Mum was bringing me food and water and I was just sketching, drawing. Mm -hmm. I was using felt tip markers and stuff that were running out from like probably six, seven years ago. Yeah. But it was just that moment of 
my mind opening up again back into comic book art. Yeah. So that was oh, my journey. Cool. And ever since then. Oh. Hello. <laughs> I'm back. I have audio this time. Oh, dude. And video. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's all right, dude. I, I thought my internet connection went and I was like, what's going on here? Then it didn't even want it. Mine seemed fine. It seemed full. But after the second time when it didn't reconnect, I was like, do you want to disconnect anyway? And okay. then, of course, I think you struggled coming back on yeah. and your video is frozen a minute. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. That's all right. It's not your fault. Okay. It's, it's internet. That's the problem. Okay. All right. You know what? I think I maybe have to move down to a lower location in the house. Let's do this. Give me okay. a second, I'll be. Yeah. So we can have this run a bit more smooth. I think the connection's a bit off, but let's get somewhere to somewhere. All right, cool. What area are you based in, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, North London. Uh, well, I, okay. I live in Waltham Cross, but my mum's house is based in. I grew up in Tottenham. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I did. Before I moved out just two years ago uh, from Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, and moved to Wolfram Cross, which is based in Enfield. I was asking, so I was thinking if we were struggling with internet that bad, like how much of a trek it would be if I was to do a socially distanced video with you. But I think that yeah, was, no, was I mean, just yeah. as many problems. <laughs> <laughs> I think this should run a bit smooth now. Let me pop yeah. some light on and it should be a bit smoother. Okay. So if you see flowers and stuff like that, yeah, that's uh, it's all my sisters. <laughs> Yeah, I, I already see the one uh, pink bow. That's all good. <laughs> but uh, all good. this is, yeah, I think this should be much better now. Let me just double check this connection. Okay. Uh, you Are you comfortable there? <laughs> yes, I'm good. I'm good, dude. Are you sure? Definitely. Okay. Definitely good. I'm trying to remember the last thing that you actually said that I heard. No, I think um, we were talking about uh, where my artwork, how, uh, how I got into my artwork anyway. Yeah. And how it, how you went back to it after uh, personal experiences. Yeah. Um, and you dove right into that for a few days as your mum was bringing. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right, the last yeah. sort of thing I remember yeah. you saying. Anyway. Yeah, and then yeah. it's just been this adventure. Like, I have changed different jobs. I've never, I've, I've never see, I've never got into anything creative until then. Right. Then okay. started doing the comic cons and advancing yeah. on my artwork uh and then i think was meeting my favorite comic book artist for from growing up mm -hmm. loving their work so i started going to the comic cons more often i think i started going to comic cons from like 10 10 11 years ago when they started uh, say the was... age 10 of 11 no 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 sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, the uk I, I remember when the uk started doing more comic cons when they did start, they were doing it in a hotel in King's Cross called the, uh, it was on Essex Road, uh, but it was just in the lobby, like a small group of American artists that came over and mm -hmm. there was a few guys selling comic books and there was a few people dressed up and it was like such a small community at the time to like how you've seen now, how much it's mainstream and how big it is now. And you mm -hmm. get, they get the people that you really want to meet. So yeah, I started thinking all right i'm going to start getting to meet my favorite artists i think asking them yeah. the only person i think will be the best to ask advice from is the people that the work you love and yeah, yeah. and it kind of just grew from there and then the back to the future came back as well like that never leaves that's always been a part of my journey yeah. uh, 
it's just remarkable how like it's weird how the universe works like i'm i'm religious myself but i there are things where you if you envision it is it, it, you you'll make it happen it maybe take a different step to it it maybe not even work out the way you want it to but no eventually it it will lead down that path yeah yeah it's almost like subconsciously you're you're driving yourself towards it in some way then do you think or yeah uh, as, I, as well i'm not you know discounting any other belief systems or anything no no of course but, same. Um, no i i i think the same as well i mean i uh, i'm muslim myself uh mm -hmm. but i i have a thought process about things as well of course so i feel like you know people say hard work pays off it does pay off <laughs> it mm -hmm. does definitely but sometimes it takes a bit of time and that's where you learn patience and wisdom yeah. well i think wisdom but yeah you learn a lot you learn a lot from that process so i've i like the michael j fox story is probably the best story i've ever i, I could ever think of like right. you know i've always wanted to meet him he was one of them childhood stars that you were like you know back to the future i don't know how he did that with while, while working on family ties but just the work he does now like what he does for parkinson's and stuff like that it's just absolutely amazing and yeah. then when i did first meet him that was not meant to be that was uh, an incident where his tickets went up for sale and the website had crashed you know first yeah. time in the uk show celebrating the 30th anniversary i was like i love this movie so much why not let's go meet mighty mcfly himself let's meet michael j fox Mm. never happened you know i came close to it two months into it people were selling it on StubHub and ebay two thousand pound uh, you're like okay these guys are taking all right okay he's right. worth the money but someone's making money off it that they shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be you know it's... no of course of course and i was like <laughs> like i said oh it's not meant to be it's not meant to be but it was always there in the back of my head and then mm -hmm. i woke up i think it was two weeks before the show a friend of a friend called me up he worked for a publication and he was like look i've seen your artwork and I, I saw what you did for the 30th anniversary of back to the future mm -hmm. uh, how would you like to meet michael j fox i was like excuse me I don't know who you are. Mm. And he was like, I've been following your work for a little while. Uh, I know he's coming down for the Comic-Con. How would you like to meet him? And I still was like, is this a joke? Is one, is one of my friends yeah. playing a really sick, bad joke because I told him I couldn't get the tickets. <laughs> Not when yeah. it was like two weeks after the show. And then he was like, no, come, uh, come with me uh, and we'll get to meet him. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Amazing experience. Amazing dude. Um, mm. Just, I got a lot of love for him for what he does. Uh, and, you know, Comic-Cons are really busy. He was there all three days. He must have met at least 10,000 people. Oh, it was yeah. heaving in there. It was so, it was like peak summer. Uh, and then because the rest of the cast were there as well, it was just a lot of fans, a lot of love. It was, and he just, he did it, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, because I know that he went through a point where he was actually quite suffering quite badly. But yeah. He, he's just, he went past the hard part basically of it now and he's, he's, he's adjusted to it and he's worked really well with it. And what he does with his research as well is absolutely amazing as well. So what he does with his company and his funding. Yeah. See, going back to an earlier bit of, of him, I was always extremely impressed. Like you say, working on family ties. Yeah. So he'll be working on that in the day and then at night he's working on the film and then back and forth and just next to no sleep. So it's well known by obviously people that are fans, yeah. but and then once family ties finish, then do the rest of the days and then just, yeah, the film's out. And if I remember correctly, he said in interviews, there are some bits he doesn't actually remember doing because he was so yeah, tired. That's right. It's just, that must be, I, I don't know. I couldn't even in, in, 
imagine how that would be i'd be would that be scary would that be interesting like oh what's this going to look like because i don't actually remember doing that um i think in your 20s we, we were like well we could be like that maybe because he was in his 20s when he did it so yeah maybe i used to push myself an awful lot when i was younger yeah okay so i ended up getting glandular fever from running myself down so much yeah. um so i i I was gonna say I can't imagine. I can't imagine because what he did was a completely different level, nothing like I was doing. Um, but the idea of then being stopped, um, like dead in your tracks of what you want to do, is is just yeah. So him when he when he got Parkinson's again, I can't compare with him. It's nothing nowhere near the same. But it's still the idea of being limited, and then he's like you say he's pushed through and he's he's in a position he knows he's in a position where he can get funding and awareness for it mm. and that's all he's been doing ever since yes no, it's going to help right. him but it's also very much about helping everyone else that's suffering through it and of course um it gives them hope to, yeah absolutely diagnose them sooner you know try and get them things to help them cope day to day um huge advocate for it um he could have if he wanted to just go <laughs> i got some money i'm just going to spend it all myself and say nothing of course exactly that. no exactly he, that. He, he's too generous it's like no yeah. i know I, I want to do this for um and he's obviously gone on to do other things as well i mean obviously you know we all have bills yeah and i'm sure sure his bills are a lot higher than ours <laughs> but um you know he went on to do things like uh the good wife yeah he had some episodes in there loved him in that um was it Curb Your Enthusiasm? I wrote a Yeah, that's down. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, uh, even just little, little cameo little, parts. Little cameo parts yeah, that he did. And like... Even teasing himself. Yeah, uh, Mike, The Michael J. Fox show. Yeah, that's right. Did you yeah. watch that? I did watch oh, that, wow. yeah. Love that to bits. Love that to bits. I, Him and his family. He's very... It's another thing that I, I've, I've taken on. Like meeting a lot... You meet a lot of people and they when they show their, their family life as well. Yeah. You know, you always think behind the cameras, you know, he... he he it just shows the amount of love he has for him and his wife here are absolutely amazing that love is a whole different level uh mm. and seeing that you know you implement that sort of things into your life as well you're like you know what look at this guy they're still with all they've gone through they are still there yeah and uh it's lovely to see that uh and same thing the kids uh but yeah no it was a good show definitely a good show i enjoyed that yeah definitely yeah i'm still always to this day is de- like big fan of any any even if he does a five minute clip and it's an advert for toyota with back to the future and doc brown i love it to bits this sounds like a weird question but did you have any sort of nerves or fears of meeting him because i've i've personally had fears and then worried oh do you know what this might ruin everything if i meet the person and you know that's why i i, I sort of a bit unsure about going to a comic-con because i just have that fear that i'm just going to ruin that image in my head oh see i've had that a couple of times but right because it's michael j fox oh my god so i'll I'll give you (laughs) i'll give you a little insight on that comic-con so i I finally went with this person that i still don't know it was a friend of a friend (laughs) and uh i didn't realize he was pretty big geek in back to the future as well because he wanted to meet the rest of the cast right uh my main mission was if i meet christopher lloyd uh tom wilson I think Jennifer Parker was there as well. Right. And Michael J. Fox, I'm happy. I'm done. I, I know most of the rest of the cast still come to the UK. Right. But Michael J. Fox, I remember I started just freaking out for a little bit. Mm. I was like, okay, hold on. Uh, uh, he's like, it was, that Comic-Con was so packed. I was like, he's going to be in such a bad mood. Which would be understandable. Yeah, which is understanding because you've, it was heaving. It was hot. It was in uh, the Kensington, the Ken, is it Kensington Olympia? 
and they have glass ceilings. So right. the heat just, it, we're just basically in an oven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, how is this going to work? So mm -hmm. when we were waiting in the queue to first meet up with him, I had this uh, Back to the Future piece that I did uh, to give to him and Christopher Lloyd. And I was, I was blown away. He was, he probably just met a thousand people just before me. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just had that moment to geek out. And he was like, uh, you're going to come get a picture with me in the car after. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm never going to miss that. But I was like so nervous and shy suddenly. Yeah. And like, I remember everybody else that met him at first was calling him Marty, Marty, Marty. I was the first one to call him actually Michael and yeah. say, dude, how, how are you doing? Like, how, how is this experience for you? Because I'm here only because of you guys. Like, I'd never thought, he never had thought that this movie would be such a, like this cult classic hmm. monster that to this day, people have so much love for this movie. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like I have met super fans more than me, but it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what it is that, that the movie was just a perfect script and yeah, the timing was perfect and it just worked really well. And now he was awesome. He was absolutely humbled. He, had a really nice, calm feeling. You could feel his calmness of him, basically. He, he's, yeah. do, he's been doing this for years. He loves yeah. it. He loves meeting the fans. He loves hearing the stories. So, like, you know, mm. when he was sitting there signing people's autographs, uh, taking the pictures, you know, I've, I've been to Comic-Cons where I've seen people get agitated or tell staff members to, hurry, hurry up, hurry up, let's do this, let's do this. Yeah. And kind of ruins the experience of like oh of dude uh i'm not gonna name drop but yeah there was one guy i met and i was like oh damn killed it for me see i really want to know now um <laughs> <laughs> i do it. i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be brave i'm gonna do it uh, no, i know no, he no. probably is a nice guy uh but again i grew up with his movies in the 80s and 90s i used to watch his movies with my dad uh and I saw him and I just wanted to get a signature on a DVD cover and the vibes he kicked off was just really like, I was asking him generally questions about martial arts. So you'll probably work it out. Uh, he came to London a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And see, I've I, always I, heard these rumors about this guy. See, I, 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 when you first saying about eighties, nineties, I mean, to me, I was there going, but why would Tom Hanks do a comic con? <laughs> and then you went <laughs> martial arts. I was like, yeah, not Tom Hanks. <laughs> Uh, it was, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Steven Seagal. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Comic-Cons are hard. They're not easy. Yeah. They, no, they, no, are, no, no. they are hard three days, full of fans. It's, it's, I've got yeah, to say it's, as well, I'm not entirely surprised as well with, with him because I've seen him in um, some of his other stuff that he's, he's done, like more sort of, hmm, how do we say, reality TV uh, <laughs> when, he, when he's a cop. And... <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like he sort of, and, and I don't want necessarily to get you into trouble, but he, he sort of looks like he feels he's living in a film. You know what I mean? It's like constantly just. There's no trouble like there. His, I think he, his he, I think he lives in, his, in the movies. Really? Um, I mean, I, I'm not against the guy. It's just, no. yeah. No, no, I might, no, I might. There, I, is, I, there is the real world as well. Of course, of course. Of course. But also but, yeah. he may have been having a bad day. Oh yeah, all... I think he has quite a lot of them. Uh, Maybe. But, but yeah, other Maybe. than that, no, like I've met quite a few people and meeting the other cast as well. It was, you know, they're, yeah. they're all humbling to see, but everybody's human at the end of the day. Like, yeah, yeah. I I'm not, I'm not there to 
make you feel uncomfortable or anything like no. that. I no. just want to say thank you for the work that you guys put in. Uh, when I met Bob Gale, he was, we were just genuinely having a geek out session mm. and we were talking about the musical coming out soon. And he was so excited, yeah. the passion in him already had kicked off and it was like, my God, we're really vibing right now. And, you know, yeah. asking him about the script and him and Bob working together on it and trying to just, well, the movie went, went through its troubles in the beginning before it got made anyway. So, and, you yeah. know, scenes that they wanted to originally put in there. And then recently with the new news that came out that, you know, Ben Stiller and John Cryer had a audition for Mighty McFly. I hadn't heard that, if I'm honest. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. It was all over Twitter. Oh. And I was like, oh, ah, I, I, I don't go on there. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're good. You're good. You're very good. You're very, actually, you know what? I did hear that on one of your podcasts that you said that you don't really go on there. So, yeah, interesting. It's interesting that you know that detail from one of my podcasts. <laughs> yes, I've been listening in. I've been listening in. Dude. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, that's really thrown me now because it was something. Oh, right. There we yeah. go. Um, see, I got, I got, <laughs> this was my sort of big moment oh no 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 i take that back um i was gonna say my big moment was uh, meeting lee evans for me because okay. it was sort of like you know um because I'm, I'm big into comedy as well yeah but my only i think my only brush with hollywood in any way was uh face from the original a team <laughs> seeing him i saw him in a stage performance in yeah. pool down in dorset and i was like i've, I've got to i've got to meet him afterwards i've got to meet him yeah and uh i felt really bad like pestering him not pestering him but sort of he was he was walking away having done some signatures and i was like i really want a photo and i i, I apologize i'm really sorry can i just it's all set up ready and it was like yeah okay fine i got the picture and i actually treasured that picture yeah i still do um dirk benedict desperately trying to remember his name then um <laughs> Yeah, because it was it was just sort of sort of a strange thing. So I think after speaking with Jackie, I think that's where I'm now sort of more comfortable and confident. I was going to do Comic Cons this year. Oh yes, yeah. But wow. never mind. Um, oh, enough about me. So, oh, oh I've got a, a thing about meeting the cast. So you, you mentioned uh, in your other video or other interview mm -hmm. uh, about wanting to meet with Crispin Glover. Yes, definitely. And I'm sure you know already <laughs> that he said in an interview that he would love to do them, but he won't. Yeah, they had their the drama. idea of promoting promoting the film or like it's basically making them money, even though he's still with the fans. He'd love to do it, but it's like I'm helping promote this film because of their drama they had, which I do sort of understand his side of things. I do, you know, honest. when when I actually heard about what his situation, yeah. uh, I, 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 I really felt for him. I yeah. genuinely really felt for him. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I was going to say, like, because that, that happened, that he put in new laws that they can't do that no more. Mm -hmm. uh, because he should have uh, should have got royalties for that. But uh, yeah, it's a whole that, that was that was actually a really messy situation. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Um, and talking of royalties. I didn't know about this detail until I was looking into it a little bit more because I, although I have the love for it, I've never sort of really delved into a lot of the uh, unknown like facts or, mm -hmm. or, or theories, whatever, um, of Eric Stoltz actually still being in the first film. Yep. It's probably well known of you again with yourself. Apparently he's the one that actually punches Biff. That's right. But again, uh, there was an interview with uh, Tom Wilson where he said that, um, he doesn't remember reshooting that bit 
but all of the editors and everyone went oh no 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 that was definitely like a new version that was a new take or whatever with michael <laughs> j fox because otherwise technically he has to be paid because he's in the film that's right and so yeah. this whole like you know everyone's like worried for their job like, oh no 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 that's definitely you know and you can understand it from their point of view <laughs> yeah. they you know it's their income they've got to keep it but no of course Oh my! Like, how much really would that have cost to pay him just for that bit? I mean, you know. Uh, anyway, I'm not any- sure that the maps of that of would have business. been something else. But yeah, it would have been interesting. But yeah, no, I think when I when I spoke to Bob Gale, it was last year I met him. Mm-hmm. He was at the Comic Con in London, and it was like, when is this footage going to be released? Because right. I'm thinking, it's 35 years. You're going to pop it on the new Blu-ray, maybe make me spend another yeah. hundred quid on a movie I've already got 20 times. I was going to ask but him. But please tell me, like. Then they won't put it on this one. I think they'll do it on the big forty, and and put it on there. But it's like probably one of the hardest footage to ever get because we've only seen a couple of it. But they shot six weeks of that movie. That's twenty percent of a film. Yeah, it's 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 mad. It would it would make sense, like you say, for for the especially the diehard fans, um, to not necessarily put an edit out there of it. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> put that what they've got of that version of the film just out there because I am really curious, like what it would be like. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, I don't think anyone could do any better than Michael J. Fox personally. Uh, it would be interesting to see another version of it, but he is so perfect in the role and the way he he works with with all of them. I mean, I, originally I would have said with just Christopher Lloyd, but I. As as research, I watched all three again from last night to yeah. through this morning, and I'd forgotten how good he is with Crispin Glover. How how good Crispin Glover is in them actually, yeah. Because um, yeah, they they all work off each other so so well. But the idea of just changing that with one person, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's interesting because I'm a big fan of comic books, and we get these different interpretations from different writers and characters and artists that do these characters in a different life form. Yeah. So, like, to see it in the movie world would have been interesting. I mean, there was a movie that would have came out that Kevin Smith wrote, which was for Superman Lives, I think it was called, where there was Nicolas Cage playing Superman. I would have liked to seen that version. You know, you got Tim Burton being the producer, and sorry, he was going to direct it. That's right, Tim Burton was going to direct it. Wow. But they did everything and then they stopped it, but it would have been a different version of it. So I wouldn't have mind seeing a version of Eric Stoltz as Mighty McFly, but I just, mm. as you said, the chemistry between Michael J. Fox and the rest of them, I suppose he was at a point of his career when we've all had that moment when, when it comes to art or filming that you're like, oh, wow, this is like, this is my moment. I'm going to do this work 23 hours and sleep for one hour because mm-hmm. I know they saw something special in that film, honestly. When yeah. they read the script, they must have all freaked out. Definitely. Yeah. And they, his, his, their relationship, Christopher Lloyd and uh, Michael J. Fox in the films, they are, as you can see to this day, the best of friends still. And that's yeah. just amazing, you know, that they've got that relationship outside of that movie. That actually, yeah. you know, you'd never think a teenager would get along with somebody that's already... 20 years older than him uh yeah. but yeah interesting interesting relationship they, that they have it's quite nice yeah so you mentioned in there about having well i, I think it was just a, i think it was a throwaway number of about 20 copies do you know how many copies you have of this film because i've got a few myself my ex-wife couldn't understand it 
then again, she doesn't like the films. I didn't find out until until we separate, and I was like, right, well, that's a good reason to separate. <laughs> no. <laughs> so my 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 wife still asks me that question now. So she right. Uh, she doesn't know why I've got this massive passion for the Back to the Future trilogy. When we were unpacking and moving into the new house, she was like, "You've got like fifty copies of this." Mm-hmm. You. She was like, "What the hell is this laser disc?" And I was like, "Oh wow, don't ask." She goes, "You've got it on VCD, VHS. You've got three copies of them in VHS." So, I've still got the original VHSs that my my father bought from when he did buy them from Blockbuster Videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I bought. Uh, I think when I hit my teens, I bought them on VHS again as well. Uh, then you went through video CDs, Laserdiscs, DVDs, Blu-rays, and I—I I can't actually count it. You know what? I'll send you a picture in yeah. an email. I have got a shelf with all of them up on there, but there's more in storage as well. So it's like, yeah. See, I—it I, makes me feel a little bit better about the amount I have. It's fine because I—I think I've got. It's, it's all DVD or Blu-ray. I don't yeah. have anything pre. So I got the, um, there's the black box for the DVD. Yes. The trilogy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably one of the first releases they did. I'm not sure. That's right. That. Yeah. You're right. And then there's the, the blue. Yeah. The very over the top. Uh, that shiny cover one. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I've got a tin case somewhere. Um, I've got this one, which is like, I've, I know, love that one. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> picked, it up, picked it up for a fiver. For all three <laughs> films and all this, it's Blu-ray. I was like, it's a it's five, Blu-ray yeah. for five quid. No, go for yeah. it. Yeah, why yeah. not? It doesn't matter. I've already got all of the Blu-rays, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> um, I just couldn't resist. I got Indiana Jones as well and something else. Can't yeah, remember what that's another one. You know, yeah. you know, th- these are all um, these are sort of memories from from childhood and ah, they know how to sell it, so we we'll suck. Yeah, it they know it. we're gonna buy it. It's a yeah, shame. look what they did to me. Yeah, <laughs> you say the fortieth. You know, if they release a. As, as much of a cut of the film with Eric Stoltz in this gonna sell. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That's gonna be, you know, it'll be making money. It, they look at how many variations they've done in cinema. I've done, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough because when I was younger, I didn't see them in cinema. So like now that they show retro movies in drive-ins and mm. they do like months where they pick out classic movies and then secret cinema as well. Yeah. Watching it with a live orchestra as well in the Royal Albert Hall. It's like, oh my God, this couldn't get more epic. Like the amount mm-hmm. of times... I've seen this film. And then again, my wife only saw this during lockdown. For the first time? Yeah. I'm not going to expose her age because I get in trouble. But she never seen it before. She got, she, <laughs> she's seen it on TV. Uh, her brother said, listen, Kibbs is a big Back to the Future fan. You need to watch this before you guys get married. Mm-hmm. And, she, and, you know, just time goes. It goes and goes. And then suddenly during lockdown, she was like, can we watch Back to the Future now? I was like, hell yeah. Because all my <laughs> friends are like, this problem that you haven't seen Back to the Future yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she thoroughly enjoyed it. She knows why I have that much love for it. And like, mm. I think on our wedding, it was her idea to have the DeLorean as my wedding car. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I think it was like a month beforehand. She was like, have you sorted out your car yet? And I was like, no. She was like, you're getting the DeLorean, right? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, I thought we didn't have that that budget. And she was like, if you don't get it, I'm going to be very upset with you. Because remember, this is your day as well. Because oh, wow. I took on the responsibility to say, look, this is, this is for you. I want mm-hmm. you to have a great time. I put all my effort into that. But she gave me one thing back, which was the DeLorean. And I was, you know, wow. it, she she knows it. She knows. I'm a big fan. Way too big. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. And she's also the one, I presume, that gave you the um, the Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. 
Kibla Ahmed it, has a heart, right? Yeah, Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I love that piece. That's another one as well. So I'm a big fan of the Tony Stark stuff as well. Uh, so I have a small collection of that. Mm. Uh, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. I'm, I'm a, as one guy, that's the next guy I've kind of mentally put in my head to, to meet up because his oh, journey yes. is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another guy that I'd like to just geek out with. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so definitely that's, that's what again, he comes across as the sort of person that will give you time. Yeah, and, definitely. And give you attention definitely. And, and like focus definitely. on you and not necessarily want to talk about himself. He'd be like, no, no, how are you, you know, how are you doing and everything? Um, it, I'm jumping around because no, you, right. you saying about Robert Downey Jr. I know I technically brought it up, but <laughs> um, did you see the deep fake? I think everyone saw it. The deep fake of um, uh, Back to the Future where they put Tom Holland as Osmarty <laughs> yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. as Doc. What did you think about that? You know what? I... <laughs> Some of the things that people do are absolutely amazing. And I've got to say, that really worked well. I could actually yeah. see that happening. If they were to make it happen in real life, Bob Girl, which disagrees with it, he won't yeah. let it happen. But mm-hmm. it looked good. I genuinely could see it happen like that, definitely. And you know, when I watched Spider-Man Homecoming, when I saw Tom Holland as Spider-Man, yeah. I saw Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I saw a young Michael J. Fox and... You know, I was like, oh, my God, this guy could actually play Marty McFly. I could see it. I don't know why. And mm. I remember looking at my brother and I say, he'd be a really good Marty McFly. And he was like, hell, yeah, he looks really good. If someone had said it to me, I would have gone, probably not. But only when I saw that clip that I think, actually, but I, I wouldn't want a, a reboot or a remake or anything. No, I think right. if they were going to do anything live action, I personally would want a TV series. Yes, definitely. Only so that they can, like, really flesh it out. That's like, right. Okay, That's like, right. you know, a bit like Smallville. Okay, go back and sort of like set it up a bit more. And okay, even if they limit it to we're going to do four series or five series yeah. or even even three series. So each series will flesh out each film if you like. Um, That's fine by me. But I, I think that's the only thing I personally would accept just because I like the original so much. I'd be scared that they... I think part of me would be scared that my kids would prefer the originals, uh, the the remakes over the, the remakes originals. The... I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't no, want that no. to happen. <laughs> well, you know what? Like with the comic books, what they did was absolutely amazing because they give you the in-between stories. Right. But what Bob Gale did was we've always wanted to find out how Doc and Marty met. Mm-hmm. Comic books do that. Right. So they give you the, the timeline story of how they met, how... And how it kind of goes into Back to the Future 1. And then they give you the in-between between Back to the Future 2 and the in-between between Back to the Future 3. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Bob, you really, when you when you did the comics and when you when you, when you you did the writing for it, what made you think that you'd do the in-betweens? Because I don't want to continue it. When I ended that film, that was the end. So Is I'm it? making sure people doesn't, I don't want no studios coming back to me saying they want to do a number four, they want to do a reboot. Yeah. You know, you've got the comic book world, you've got the animations already. But if they did, the TV show would be actually really good. Yeah, I think that's something that um, I'm sure Netflix have got to be thinking about it. They've been putting <laughs> their money into everything, haven't they? And they've been doing well with what they're choosing. So I think no, that's going to do well. But um, I was actually talking to a friend earlier about the, the casting of that. And although uh, Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. have an incredible chemistry on and off screen, mm. I don't personally know if i'd want robert downey jr just because he's almost too cool if that makes yeah, sense for us that's, that's that's the scary part of the the roles he does now if it's 
I just feel like it's too much. We've we've seen yeah. him. Like I feel like I need he needs it's not like he needs grounding or anything, but I think he needs to take a different approach to the characters he plays now. Mm. Because I think in the last movie he did, like I'm a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. I'll always support the art that he puts out when it comes mm-hmm. to movies. Yeah. But it was like I feel like it was just too much. Like in between the Marvel movies, I remember he did that movie called uh, with Robert Duvall called Oh, the lawyer one. The judge. The judge. Yeah. Knew it was something so to do with, it's, yeah. it was, uh, I felt like it wasn't a big role. It was something that tamed him down a little bit. And I was like, right. I liked him in that type of role. I was like, it doesn't have to be extravagant. And I think when he did do little, I was like, oh, dude, like, oh, you just went in too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. just, as you said, and as he said in one of his famous lyrics from Tropic Thunder, he went full. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, dude, you just went full in. No, oh, too much. It was too much. Uh, so I feel like he needs to get grounded roles again. Play mm-hmm. some, like, like, there was another film he did with Jamie Foxx, which was really good. Yes. Damn, that was actually a really good film. Now it's going to bug me, the name of that. Wasn't Jamie Foxx a homeless person? That's right. And he played the violin or the cello? Yeah. Oh. I don't think I'm going to find this quick enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually a really... So I feel like he should play grounded characters, to be honest. He doesn't have to play anybody extravagant. Uh, I feel like he needs to... You know how he built himself back up to get into... I mean, I know John Favney wanted to get him into the Marvel world with doing yeah. the Iron Man. But he did, like... I think, what shows did he do before then? Like, he was on a couple of TV shows and he kind of just worked his way back up. And then he worked with Shane Black and Val Kilmore on uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. which is another good film. And then kind of got into the Marvel Universe stuff. But I feel like if anybody's going to be that big, they, you need to ground them a little bit and have grounded characterizations for them. Yeah. And then you'll notice that, all right, people... It's seeing different ranges because you can see now what's happening in Hollywood now. Everybody kind of just plays themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I get really turned... I, get, I can't do cinema no more unless... Like you see a movie like what Christopher Nolan does with his films. He picks great actors because he knows he's going to get a great performance out of them. Yeah. So he's not getting them because he, they're going to play their natural self. He's getting them because he knows they're going to play somebody else. And yeah. to the T as well, because yeah. of how he works. So I want to see acting. I want to see dramatization. I want to see the moment. I want to feel that moment. Mm-hmm. But then you watch some of these Hollywood movies that come out and you're like, you're just playing yourself in every single film. Yeah. Please, I, I can't do this no more. I can't watch it. I can't no. support this no more. So no. I, I tend to, I just so actors I think need to just kind of feel like they need to ground themselves a little bit. The film we were talking about, according to IMDb, was the Soloist. That's it. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> That's a good um, film. I'm actually going to watch that again. Definitely. Yeah, I only watched it the once. I do remember yeah. enjoying it, and it was. I I don't know. I don't think I was expecting a comedy, but it was, from memory, quite emotional for me i don't because both of them were going through their own hardships in that film Mm. and then you know sometimes you meet somebody completely random and can change your whole life and having that moment is you know they they both had that moment where you know they had they it took them onto different paths i think we all have that in our lifetime as well we'll come across somebody uh it's weird uh Ali Zaidi is a director, writer that I met while I was working in Jessup's as a, and, and that was a photography company. 
mm-hmm. and uh, he saw my struggles at the time just before I got into the art and he said to me dude why don't you just come help me work on this film project be the project manager and just work on this film right and seriously thank thanks to him he really opened up my mind to movies again mm-hmm. hard work that goes behind movies oh yeah and this little short film little comedy uh, it was called bobble uh, it was 2014 Right. And it was shown at the Raindance Film Festival. I couldn't be more prouder of a project like that. And I had my little two seconds of fame on the big screen. When I saw that come up on the big screen, I genuinely just, I was in tears because I was like, mm. <laughs> I played this angry guy at the bus stop. Right. Because he's, I think in the, I think in the scene, he was eyeballing me. I was eyeballing a girl and we started a little argument. And it's the way he dressed me up. I look like a total prat on screen, but it was like, it's my two seconds yeah. when I enjoy this. But it was a great experience to see how hard movie work is and mm-hmm. to get people in the element as well, the scenery. But yeah, shouts. I've got to give him a shout out. He's absolutely, his, his work was absolutely amazing. And it got mm-hmm. me into loving movies much more. And the hard yeah. work that goes behind them as well. It's, 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 filming is not mm-hmm. easy. No, 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 no. And that's something I have to try and remind myself when I yeah. see things in films or see things I consider bad or <laughs> mistakes or whatever. And it's like, again, you don't know what their their situation was on set. I mean, that's you, right. they may have been told, look, you've got half an hour. You've got to be out of here. That's and right. they're like, we've, we've got one take. We, we, we've literally got <laughs> a couple of goes and we're done. Of course. Uh, whatever we've got, we've got to make the best of, you know. And, and Exactly. You can't always throw money at a situation. And sometimes you don't got that money to throw. Um, not that that should be the answer to everything. No, of course um, not. Totally. I, learned, I learned that on another <laughs> short film. Um, not for my own money, thankfully. It was someone else's. But um, yeah. Okay. So, wow. I've, I've really not followed these. But It's all right. Um, it's okay. Jumping back to Netflix. Mm-hmm. What did you think of their ooh-la-la situation? Did you hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? I was going to say, I've, I've, I've got the article here ready because I couldn't remember all the detail. Uh, I've re- I think I read up on it a little bit as well. And the fans did take massive offense of it. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, they did a petition, didn't they? And they got it taken down. And then I didn't know if I don't even know if Netflix put it back up again. From my uh, knowledge. Is- I think as I searched this, it suggested that they had put it back up. OK. All right. Uh, don't quote me on that. But I think no. it was only American version anyway, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, it was in the US. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a US version. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Fans. I mean, it's a difficult one. Like, we have our opinions. Uh, Yeah. Now we have a platform where anybody can say anything. And. But that's not always a good thing. No, of course not. It's hard because some people just want to put stuff out. I mean, mean, these movies have been out for years. So you don't want to dibble dabble with them and start re editing them. No, I no. mean, we're not coming back here to watch that. I just want to see Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. For you to be changing small things, like, we didn't ask for that. No. Uh, I remember growing up and watching ITV or BBC One, and they would take parts out and bleep out the swear words, and mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not enjoyable. I, I can't watch mm-hmm. films like this. Like, So, you know, my dad was a collector of VHS, so we ended up just watching everything on VHS because TV yeah. just cut everything out. So yeah. we were like, okay. I think what... It's, it's, it's so hard now with what, how passionate fans are at the moment. Having yeah. that platform can be used for good, but then not everybody is good. No. I mean, we don't live in that perfect 
harmony as we could say if we were in perfect harmony things would be the whole world would be different now but just online harmony is not the best because it, it it blows up into a, like that i think the petition was massive because of that i didn't follow it honestly i saw that yeah. and thought oh that's ridiculous and just dismissed it because <laughs> I, I knew i got copies of it i can watch it and i was like really yeah. this is, this is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous that's not even i was gonna say the worst thing about the films but that's not the the most sort of like mm, not sure about that in the films no it's uh, not him and his mother but exactly. um <laughs> i mean you know and all i'm gonna say is I mean, it's not my mother, so it's easy for me to say this, but she was very attractive. But anyway, so <laughs> um, there's something else I found out. Um, again, looking into this, uh, no one I, no one I was going to speak to you. Um, so in your collection, mm-hmm. you have uh, the letters. Yes. Now, do you have the new version of the letters? No. You do you know what I'm on about? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was hoping, I'm really desperately trying to find something you don't know. No, um, it's all right. It's so, okay. So it's something, I, again, I had no idea. And I, I, so for those that don't know, after 9-11, it was decided that they were going to erase the word terrorists from the letter. Mm-hmm. And when he's, I believe it is, when he's screaming up and shouting up saying on the night you go, I go back, um, you get killed by a terrorist or something like that. That's right. Yeah. So they right. they they edited it a bit, a little bit to be to be more sensitive to what had just happened. So no, I, of I course, totally. Understand that. Yeah, exactly. However, you may know this as well. On Friends, there was a scene that was deleted because of nine eleven as well. That's right. Because Chandler made a joke about a bomb on a plane or some some. That's right. Yeah. 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 So that. Now that's been sensitive to the situation in my eyes because mm. it was a direct relation to something that happened, and it was that's just right. about to air like a week, two weeks a after week, two it weeks. happened. Yeah, that's right. And um, very rightly, they reshot it, and I'm so glad they released it afterwards after a period of time and said, "Look, you know, this is what we were going to release, so you can see what it was." However, we were trying to be sensitive. Completely mm. understand. I'm glad they did what they did. Yeah, no, of course. But just using the word, really. I mean, no, really? I mean, they... and it's not like it was just being released in the cinema as well. No, it, it, this would probably would have been for TV release or something, course, presumably. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, it would have been. Just TV don't put release. it on TV for now, then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That, again, that's that's just my opinion. No, um, of course, and that was my opinion at the time as well when I heard about that, and I was like, I mean, it's so hard because this film from twenty, that was twenty thirty plus years ago. So at the time, yeah, it was two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. two thousand one and eighty five. Yeah. So just yeah, shy of twenty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. A big. Uh, gap. I've never noticed it myself, to be honest. No. Because I'm watching a film. I'm already somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the reason why I watch movies. Yeah. It takes me away. Yeah. Reality could be a bummer sometimes, so that's why we love movies. But absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's my opinion as well. I don't think it was anything big in that, to be honest. No. It didn't really bother me. Um, I'm not saying that it say that they were wrong in doing it. It's just sort of it just didn't seem necessary. Um, yeah. But yeah, just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I say it's just something I found out when I when I was going through it. Um, see, on this next card, I'm saying about the deep fake, which we've already talked about. So, cool. uh, did you ever? You're bound to have done. Played uh, the Back to the Future Part Three on the Mega Drive. That game that they had. I did play it. And I don't actually remember it. It's that wow. long ago. I've probably wow. still got that in storage. Uh, yeah. But it was very tough. Very I, difficult I, to play. I, I, I don't even remember playing it. I play, probably plugged it in twice. 
mm-hmm. and it was like okay i'm gonna give up on this now yeah and i think it was at, an, at a time when it did come out where i was actually phasing out of gaming because it just got far too difficult after <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah, yeah no it's a, like the gaming side of uh, like back to the future i've always bought them to have them in my collection right i right. just don't play them no more right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's just uh once maybe one day i get a bigger house and have a separate room maybe build my man dedicated everything will come out because storage companies are going to go up in money in the next couple of months (laughs) so uh i have one more question before i'm going to go to uh some quizzy questions yeah go for it and then we'll do our top five after yep so doc brown says about um spending his retirement in the wild west i can't imagine like a better place (laughs) if you could choose anywhere any time to travel to to spend your retirement of course with family but um, yeah do you think there's any sort of period of time that you would see it's a slightly different question to what you've had on on others as far as i understand although it still involves the time travel it's specifically when you get to that age just to settle I mean, you don't, you don't even have to. You could just travel back a week or stay where you are. But <laughs> uh, It would be... It would be Tokyo. Okay. Early 18... Yeah, early 19... Oh, I think late 1800s. And why is this? Samurai, man. Boshido. Oh, okay. Of course. Ah, uh, uh, but just, I think... Yeah, I think they they're just a peaceful coach at the time they were a peaceful culture mm-hmm. uh it was just them uh and the scenery there is great it's just tranquility you know like i haven't been no. i want to go that's like my my, my next place to go mm-hmm. uh my brother who is a fighter he goes all the time he has friends there uh he absolutely loves it and he he makes me so jealous when he tells me every time he goes there uh, he lives in Singapore, so he's close by, so he takes a flight straight there. But it's mm-hmm. one place I'd love to go. Every time I see it in movies, uh, it just draws me away. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that was because of the love of The Last Samurai. Not many people like that movie, but I think it's a beautiful film. It's another one I'm going to have to rewatch because I think mm-hmm. I was, was going to say too young, maybe too immature to appreciate it, maybe. I think I saw I it mean, just at the right time. I can't remember quite what age I was. I want to say like college days. Yeah. I mean, maybe before. I can't remember when that came out. Give it a go. I would going to have uh, to. Like really, because I, I always push it. Because everybody keeps saying Tom Hanks. Oh, sorry, no. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise as yeah. The Last Samurai. No, I don't think so. But it was just the direction, the feel of the movie, the journey in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the Hans Zimmer's soundtracks just make, the movie is just more spectacular and like what he did with that soundtrack it's my favorite soundtrack and it is mm-hmm. one of my favorite films and i think it was just it's about a guy's destiny that's all it is and yeah. again that re-reads back to back to the future mm-hmm. this guy's trying to fix his own destiny so it's mm-hmm. something destiny's always been stuck with me we all have it we all have our past we all have our journeys yeah. so yeah that's the place i'd be it'd be that late 1800s cool japan <laughs> I was not expecting something so uh I don't know what I was expecting to be honest. No, yeah. <laughs> but it was I think very I, specific I, and it was very logical as well, which I, I think <laughs> yeah. made it 
it, 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 you, it's almost like you have thought about it before. You know what? I've been, uh, the thing is, because it's like, I've been doing podcasts for, me and my brothers do a podcast for coming up to three years now. Oh, wow. We've okay. done like 200 episodes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really just me and my brother that geek out. Like he moved to Hong Kong coming up six years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was his dream to go over there, learn martial arts, travel China, go into the other places uh, like Thailand and learning uh, different mixed martial arts. He's a fighter himself. It's funny. He's, he works for the Wall Street Journal and his mm-hmm. passion is fighting. <laughs> uh, he... Uh, invited me over to come around I think after he moved over the first six months uh and it's another part of my journey which opened my mind up to art as well uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee as well and um, yeah. my family have grown up in martial arts and yeah it was just just one of those things yeah, yeah. so we've been doing that and I've when we talk now because you listen to like Joe Rogan and you live and listen to all these big podcasts and you're like what can we do? And then me and my brother, it was hard because I think the first year we didn't speak to him as much as right. a family. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody moves out the house, you do lose that certain connection time with them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to lose that with my, my, he's my younger brother. He's out there by himself. He has no friends. Well, he, he did make friends eventually, but yeah. you know, you move out somebody, it's a, it's a big gutsy move to move abroad as well where you don't know the language you don't even know the food like you're gonna get the right food that you like you know he's picky mum mum always cooked for him so Mm -hmm. how are you gonna do your food dude and uh Mm. i said like you know what he decided to say kibs why don't we do a podcast and we talk about what we love the most and we've been doing it for three years and absolutely well it's just youtube based and we absolutely love it we geek out every week on skype and we talk about the latest movies comic books and our journeys as well uh in, in mm-hmm. the process and it's just two brothers catching up really yeah so that's how the yes. i've got so used to doing this now and yeah, customer yeah. service has helped out massively <laughs> as well <laughs> um so the questions uh i was going to do a specific number but uh Again, today, watching one of them, I was like, ah, this might catch him out. Um, <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Right. So, <laughs> I, I haven't even written this out as a proper question. It's all right. But in 1908, the Browns moved to Hill Valley. What was their name before it was changed during the First World War? Ah. Uh, I already stumped you on the first one. You did. And that was my own question as well. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. You absolutely <laughs> got me there. <laughs> And I'm not even, look, no phone in my hand, guys. I honestly. To be fair, I don't know why anyone would remember that. But it's because now that you said that, that part of the movie has just come straight to my head. But it's, it's can muted. You remember, can you remember the scene then? Is there in the library? Yeah, it's number two. Mm-hmm. And they're going through that. And that's when he found out his father was killed by Biff Tannen. Is that the scene? Do you know what? I say that. I think, actually, it's actually the third one, isn't it? Because they find out that he dies. They find his headstone. That's right, yes. Then they go back. I only watched it today and I've already oh, yeah. forgotten. Um, so they, they go <laughs> it is back number to, three. Yes, you're yeah, right. It's number so three. They, they go back to research. I've even got That's the answer. Right. I'm still making a mistake. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so they, they go back to research and find out and blah, blah, blah. And then that's where they find out about Mad Dog. And, yes, um, that's right. Yeah. 
and then but he the says names, about he it. did say about the name change. Yeah, that's right. Okay, but I don't know the name change, dude. You caught me out. That's a good one. The Von Bronze. Von Bronze. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Brilliant. Um, now that's gonna be stuck in my head. I'm putting that down in my phone now. Somebody else is gonna tell me that. I don't wanna get caught um, off now. Right. So I, I, these these are like I said, these are from previous guests. So That's these right. are uh, from uh, Liam Burton and Matthew Dye, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just going to read them out as they came through to me. Go for it. Um, so some will be easier than others. Um, I hope so. Well, no, they will be. Um, <laughs> I knew a couple of these. So uh, who was the mayor of Hill Valley in 1955? Oh man, I can cut the same. The original mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's in right. 55. The original one. No, got me. Oh, yeah, on of that course one. it would be original. Uh, yeah, Red, it's the original Red, one. Yeah, Red Thomas. Red Thomas. Oh, oh and, okay. And on here he says maybe a bonus if you can say what becomes of this mayor by 1985. Oh, they're good questions, you know. <laughs> they are, aren't they? <laughs> uh, you know what? Got me on that one as well. Sorry, be- you did be- good questions. Uh, becomes homeless. Now, <laughs> something, did- something that I picked up on. Hmm. And I, I can't remember where I wrote it, but it, there's an in the advert for um, I haven't even written him down. What's the guy? What's the other guy? Uh, yes, he's going to become mayor. Mayor Goldie Wilson. That's the one. Yeah. Um, what was his uh, middle name? It's not his actual middle name. There's part of their thing. This isn't actually a real quizzy question. I think I believe it's progress. Progress. That's they say right, something yeah, progress, like yeah. progress is yeah. his middle name. But what I yes, found interesting right. is when they were advertising this other guy, not even the same family, that was the same thing. Progress is his middle name. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Just a little detail. I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. Anyway, but I was again wasn't looking at these things before. No, okay. no, you don't you don't. You I always seem to find something new with like something always comes up. Somebody will notice oh, yeah. something and you're yeah. like with the part with the twin pine uh twin pine moors to yeah. lone pine moors yeah i've been that watching this ages. movie coming up to 20 years now i have never noticed that mm-hmm. until i actually saw an image i was like oh what's going on to watch it again to find out oh my god they did change it and yeah. that's what the movie does to you because you go yeah. back and you and you miss little details yeah like the so, delorean like drives through one of the twin pines which have a nice little fence around it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah Brilliant. No, it, it is. Brilliant. It is really good. Um, so, what is the name of Marvin Berry's band? Oh man, this one's caught me right off guard. Now, now I'm going to look like a total. I'm. I'm, I'm really. I'm no actually starting to feel really bad. Sorry. Yeah. No. You, no. You've done good. You guys have absolutely <laughs> caught me off guard now. Well, I feel uh, worse because I think the others are more difficult. Um, really? Oh, I. Uh, or they, okay. or they, maybe things you know. I don't know. So that, uh, do you want me to tell you that one? Yeah, go for it, dude. Uh, the uh, Starlighters. The Starlighters. Oh, dude, my Back to Future guys are gonna kill me. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I. Who was originally cast as Marty McFly and even filmed it for? It says in here, I think three months, but it's more yeah. like six weeks. I think six think weeks most people or so. Say. Yeah, definitely. It was Eric Stoltz. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, on the top of the flux capacitor, it says disconnect capacitor before. Uh, capacitor drive before opening but what does it say on the front damn you guys went into deep you went into detail with this one killed me all right no uh go and give me the answer for that one shield eyes from light oh my god uh, and that's on one of the dvd covers as well and don't you own one of those yes i do well? which has been in storage for a while <laughs> oh now. okay fair enough uh, yeah. it's not like you've but seen it, it all the time but you know they released the the dvd so not dvd they released what was it they won that there was a 
Blu-ray that they released, I think it was last year or two years ago. And the which case had was a that, light was up. It? Yeah, it was a light up case of the flux capacitor and oh, wow. it has everything on there. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> This is gonna be a good podcast. You're gonna get really good uh, response. But how did you get this guy on there? <laughs> um, uh, what's I didn't know this one. But uh, what's the program that the Baines family are watching over dinner? Oh. See, I'm not gonna use the phone, guys, and be totally honest with you. That's gone out of my head as well. The you done. You did well with this. Definitely did well. That's one that, out of one out of five. That was, <laughs> so that was all Liam's. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Now uh, for Matthew's questions. I was going to mix them up, but uh, yeah. That's all right. Dr. E. Brown Enterprises offers what kind of services? You're going to be watching these films in so much more detail now. No, you're right. <laughs> you're like... so, no, the thing is, you do watch them in detail anyway, but mm. I think when you're put on the spot like this, I think it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. different... Yeah, that's that, why I have everything Which is good because that down. makes it exciting because now you wouldn't be like... You're going to get this big email. We'll be like, I've just noticed these new things. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, what service did he offer? No. Let me learn some new things. Tell me this one. 24-hour scientific services. <laughs> which sounds relatively obvious when you hear yeah, it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't have guessed it at all either. No, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't have. No, definitely. I, oh almost, I almost don't want to ask you this one because I don't know why you would even know. Um... Lorraine has two female friends in the film. What are their credited names? Oh, my God. See, these are brilliant questions. Oh, my God. I wouldn't know. I, no. I've never actually looked into that one, to be honest. <laughs> Babs and Betty. Wow. Okay. Uh, this one you might know. Uh, what's the name of the cafe in 1955? Oh, my God. That's going to be the worst one for me now. Go for it. Let me know. Lose. <laughs> Lou's Cafe. Um, okay. Anybody listening back to Future Fans, I'm sorry. I was <laughs> yeah, caught off I, guard. But I also <laughs> want to know how many of these people actually actually genuinely know these questions. Because um, they, they have done very You'd well. You'd be surprised. Like, You'd be surprised. I think I would be. Um, You'd be very surprised. They, they go in. They definitely go in. Again, from doing more sort of research into it, this question, mm -hmm. I could ask it in a different way if you okay. don't know. So what is the name of the story featured in the pages of the Tales from Space magazine being read by the Peabody family? So on the cover, it says, I will give you a clue. It was also a film title that I believe a producer or an executive said, oh, actually, I want to call it this, not Back to the Future. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Spaceman from Pluto. Was it? It says on here Space Zombies from Pluto. Yeah. I'm not sure which is correct. There, they had a, the there's, there's been a free floating around, but it was Spaceman from Pluto. That was the original name so that they were thinking of calling this film. That's another one of those details where they sort of tried to like put that in the film. Like, yeah, a, they did. Extra... They did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one that he's got on here, and which Liam then says afterwards, oh, yours are tougher than mine. And he was right. Um, <laughs> what was the name of the motel Marty Parks the DeLorean in front of before setting off to return back to 1985? And I only noticed because of this question. I've never noticed before. Uh, this is right. a wide shot the side of the car. It pulls back. There's a nice big sign there. Such and such motel. Go for it. Let me know. This is something new to me as well. Bluebird Motel. Bluebird Motel. All right. Yeah. They're yeah. good questions. That they really are. was good fun as well because that's, 
had me really thinking about okay uh, are you really that much of a fan uh, but no that, that was well, really my good. Questions. i've learned some new new things there so definitely babs yeah. and betty i never knew yeah. their names so well, why definitely. would you no of course in the nicest way they're, they're not really important no. it sounds nasty they don't they <laughs> i don't even know if they have any lines in the film i think they literally just they just don't they there. just look yeah. They just look, there's a scene in the calf. They look, they just basically hang around with Lorraine and don't mm -hmm. say nothing. I Can think you... they actually did they say anything? So that scene in the oh. hallway in the school, they didn't say nothing. She was talking about Marty, mm -hmm. scene in the calf, <laughs> and when they're dancing at the in touch. Yeah, no, they didn't say they didn't have one word. No, sorry, they just laughed no. and smiled. No, yeah. I was laughing because I was just replaying that. Isn't he a dream? Um, and Dreamboat <laughs> and all that stuff. I was just like, yeah. this is so... <laughs> so yeah. awkward, yeah. Um, okay. So the the final segment before we uh, find out where to contact you is the top fives. Mm -hmm. um, like I said to you, I messaged you earlier saying I wasn't quite sure what to do because I was, was going to do like top five moments of all the films. But most of mine would have been doc brown's expressions and reactions so, so just good, love right? what he does it's so, so good. he's just good like i think christopher lloyd has always been good with facial he's like jim carrey but at that time he was always good with facial expressions yeah and even yeah. when you play uncle fester in adam's family you're like this guy yeah. he knows how to speak with his face you've only yeah. got a couple of actors that can do that and that's like jim mm -hmm. carrey christopher lloyd tom hardy right okay fair enough yeah because that guy speaks with his eyes mm-hmm yeah. One 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 moment that I always remember, and I and I, if and this might sound sacrilegious to to some people, but if I've got the film playing and I'm doing something else at the same time, um, there's the one moment I believe it's 1955. It is where he's he's made his um, uh, layout of the town. And yeah. Sorry, it's not built to scale, and I, I've not had time to paint it and all that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. good. It's good, Doc. You know, I love that stuff. But anyway, it's when they actually set the car off, and it goes off and goes along the floor and sets the the rubbish or trash on yeah. fire. And his <gasps> his his I face. I love that and, face. Love it. That's that used to of, crack me up every time. And my dad was like, "You're going to ruin the VHS because you keep rewinding it and laughing at that scene." Yeah, yeah. And it did eventually because when you watch it on the VHS now, you could just notice that scene just crackling up. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, yeah, he's so good. That's why I, I couldn't do that top five because it would have all been him and I would have felt mm -hmm. bad. So we got top five interesting facts about the Back to the Future trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my very final one, I think you were saying about watching a lot of podcasts may have probably already noticed, but today it suddenly hit me. I went, anyway, so what is your first? We'll get to that one in a minute. Uh, My first top five Back to the Future... So it, it one we did briefly speak about this before about seeing the mm -hmm. Eric Stoltz cut of this version. That would have been one of my top five things that I would have loved to see, want right. to see. Uh, but I think uh, I would I would have liked to seen the script that they wrote originally, mm -hmm. and had people like Ben Stiller and John Cryer reading reading yeah would that have been the script with the refrigerator rather than the delorean that's right oh okay yeah so that's something that would have been very i know different. yeah i would have loved to i i hope they have these audition tapes if they did film them at the time because yeah. the i know online it went a bit mad and everybody was like oh my god ben stiller john cryer but they read a completely different script so they mm -hmm. had a script written that involved a fridge mm -hmm. throughout the whole movie 
that would have been I wouldn't know how I would have I keep, I still think about this to this day how it would have worked I, I can't see that it would have done or it, no yeah like or at least wouldn't have been so good in the film because I don't although, think it wouldn't have been as dramatic as it was because no everything I mean, that so, built so, up in that movie was to the end yeah, I was going to say, imagine the, imagine the scene that you have in all three films where you have the DeLorean setting off, going along, and docks up the clock tower, and you've got the lightning coming, and all of the cutbacks and the, the tension they're building up with the music yeah. and absolutely everything, and he's actually just there with the fridge. <laughs> like, that wouldn't have been there at all. No. And, and I believe it wasn't actually going to be lightning before or something. Again, I no, briefly were... read this quickly before. It was supposed to be a device that makes it travel in time, so it didn't have lightning... Didn't, didn't have, have anything like that. So I don't know. Didn't have like the drama. How, the drama, exactly <laughs> that. It wouldn't have had a, the drama, that connection that we have with that film. Because that last scene still gets me now. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, a fridge? All right, I'm going to run into this <laughs> fridge and I'm going to travel back. No, I, I don't think. The music would have been, been so different. Like, I want to read it. I do want to read it. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to read that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, another key moment would have been <laughs> is to, to see, like, the studio's reactions to reading that script when they right. finally got the script they wanted and because they got rejected like 40 times or so i i don't mm. know why i want to see this but i want to see like what the hell have you bought to me like disney's reaction what bob Gale like when you see them in the documentaries was like this has i can't we we can't do this for kids no you know you've got incest in this movie like or what's su- going on suggested <laughs> We can't do this. Uh, so I would have loved to. See, that's one of my top moments. That I would have loved to see. Yeah. Uh, the 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 studio's reactions and yeah. it's one thing I asked Bob Bob Gale when I met him was, how did you keep pushing on doing this, like rejection after rejection after oh, rejection. Yeah. Uh, and for like you know suddenly Steven Spielberg to step in and say you know what I'm going to help out with this and we'll find somebody to do we'll we'll get a studio to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it must have been an amazing feeling, but just that first part of it, because when you believe in something and you've got something really good in front of you, you know, Mm. and to have people keep pushing it away, that must have been quite difficult. Uh, But no, he goes, we kept pushing on. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would have got past five. Yeah. I I, I would have been proud of myself getting through five rejections. Yeah. It it must be so, so deflating. Yeah. yeah, must have been, must have been very. And he said it as well. You know, there was days him and the Robert were like, "Okay, I don't think this is going to happen. We're going to have to. We're we're already starving. We need to get another movie to, to you know to get paid. So let's start another project." But mm. you know, luckily Steven Spielberg stepped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. There's a couple of I think it's Frank Marshall, some producers that have jumped in and said, "Let's make this film and let's do this because they believe in the script so much and the way it's written as well. It's just mm. yeah. couldn't be any better. So I think that's my top. That's top three, two more. Quick side note, sorry. Yeah. When you're saying, you you mentioning about Disney uh, having a problem with, with the suggested incest. Yeah. Which reminded me of something I've never noticed until today. And again, we said about things you don't notice until you watch it and watch it and watch it. Yeah. So, of course, in the first one, for those that remember, uh, when he wakes up in good old 1955, <laughs> um, where are my pants? And for some reason, they're on my hope chest. Um and all this sort of thing uh i hadn't noticed before in the third one when uh he wakes up and it's not good old 1855 was it on the the mcfly 
farm or ranch or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I never noticed before. She goes out of the room and as he goes to get out of bed, he has a quick little look to see if his trousers are on and then, <laughs> then gets out. I've never noticed it before. It's sort of like, oh, just a second. I've been in this scenario a couple of times now. Just make <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. They are, they are there. Right. Okay. <laughs> I've never noticed it before, but it's such a subtle little detail that is so no. good. I'm so glad they put it in there. But, um, and it wasn't em- overemphasized as well. They didn't sort of no, like, no. Hey, hey, here's the gag. He did, it, he it's did just it. there, and it, it was played, just a, played it straight, basically. They did things in that movie where they knew that people were gonna. Wa- I felt like they knew people were gonna watch this a thousand times. Yeah, well, definitely by the second or third, I think. Yeah, it's the first one. They, they knew so, and then they'll always, like as you did with those questions. Now it will make me look at it again. Yeah, it'd be, it's it's weird because even when. I've seen this in live shows. There is things you just pick up, yeah. even details of the DeLorean. I'm a big fan of the DeLorean. So mm-hmm. you're like, you just notice different things. So yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. That's, that's brilliant. That's great. It's good how they subtly put that in there. There's probably more in there I've not noticed. <laughs> um, uh, what was it? Sorry, I've got two more to put on there. Let's see. What else? So did I do two more? Or you said two three, more. Four? Ah, two more. Um, okay. I'll do a couple of mine while you're trying to think of something. Yeah, go for it. Um, so this is something that I've wondered before, which is, well, I wanted to know mm-hmm. how long Marty was awake for. Because in my head, obviously everything plays through. Mm. But then as I read up about it, they went, it was saying about how uh, he's knocked unconscious. So technically he does sleep at that point. That's right. Um, when he saves his father. So there's all these different moments where it did actually break up. So in terms of him being tired, he's probably actually not that bad. And obviously the adrenaline and whatever else mm. you just push through. And like you said, we said earlier, he's a, he's a young kid. We do just keep going. <laughs> but apparently Marty's timeline spans approximately 18 days. So from when he leaves in 1985 back to 55, up to 1885 before returning back to 1985, someone has worked out, I don't know if this is accurate because I don't know, but apparently someone has worked out that from, so, so from watching when he woke up um, in 85 uh, around one o'clock in the morning, I think that's what it said. I don't know if that's, yeah, it was around one because he was meant to be there by quarter past and it turns that's to right. 16 minutes past as he arrives and all this. So they've worked out... Um, and then Einstein's watch when he goes back and then comes yeah, back. And that's right. so they, they've sort of like tried to work it out. And apparently it spans around 18 days. So I was thinking if that is accurate, that's a long time to not be settled in any way. Like everything's just <laughs> absolutely crazy. That's how, not, that's a... how they didn't like go mad or insane or anything in, in I, I I don't know. There's just such an overload that I think would just happen. I th- it would. That's very. That's just very genuine. That's a, a really Jack Bauer scenario because you're like <laughs> constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you yeah. really sleep in that moment or not? Or like, what's going on like right now? And yeah. I suppose in if you're if you're living in that timeline, you know everything's just merged at once. Yeah. And you're you get the plan is to get back home, isn't it? Yeah. And make yeah. sure you're not genuinely messing up any time space time continuum <laughs> no yeah another thing that that uh, i started to write out i was a little bit disappointed that i was wrong yeah so uh whittier high school which is where apparently they filmed the hill valley high school mm-hmm. um now <laughs> i misread it i thought it had said it was attended by ronald reagan i went absolutely brilliant because of all the links no 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 it, it was richard nixon i mean yeah. it's uh, still a president but yeah it's not as exciting um I, I thought it would have been even better if it was Ronald Reagan Ronald having, Reagan, yeah. you know, the actor. Um, and then <laughs> and 
also like his name on the billboard when they go back to 55 and everything. that's right um which again i hadn't noticed until i again i was looking into this and i went that's such a simple that makes so much sense to put it on there um yeah uh and tom wilson used to hand out postcards with answers to his questions for his fans or fan <laughs> questions because he was basically effectively i don't think he was necessarily fed up of answering them but it was like look this is everything i think you want to know here you go here's all the answers and i read the card earlier if, if it's a genuine card and it's really good one minute mom give me a second sorry no sorry, sorry dude. that's all right yeah so your last two so i think another part one of my favorite parts of that movie is the car itself mm -hmm. the delorean uh that last scene I went to Secret Cinema a couple of years ago, and again, it was around the 30th anniversary. And basically, it's shown on a big screen. They built Hill Valley, and they made me fall in love with that scene even more because they reenact some of the action scenes. Right. So we're in the middle of Hill Valley. You've got the clock tower and watching Back to the Future, mm -hmm. and the action scene of the car coming through just before it hits the lightning and the wires, and Doc Brown comes down. They reenact that screen and the light show was absolutely out of this world. So watching wow. it again, that memory keeps coming back to me. So that's one of my key top favorite moments of experience a movie in that format where they, you're actually, you're not watching the screen no more. You're watching what the actors and the stunt people are doing mm -hmm. to have this scene recreated in front of you. Yeah. Was out of this world. I just was blown away. I, Think I, I I think I cried at that moment. Believable. And my friend was yeah. like, you okay? And I was like, dude, how did they do this to me? <laughs> how did they do this to me? Because we've just spent a day in... Secret Cinema was a, a, amazing because you spend a day there, basically, in Hill Valley. Mm -hmm. You meet all these actors doing their parts. But when they actually played the film and they did the scene, it, it blew my mind. That last scene, when, when, when Doc came down the wire and the car came in time for him to plug it and the... The special effects they use, yeah, it was it was really weird because it was just fireworks and a really great light show. You mm. know, some people would have been like, no, nah, I don't think that really worked out. But for me, I was in that scene. Yeah. I was with Marty in the car. Mm -hmm. I was with Doc when he came down that zip line. It, they knocked it out of the park for me. That's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Uh, it really, yeah, that, that, that really took me away. That's one of my, I think that's going to be my top, top moments, yeah. uh, which was, yeah, definitely. That one was really good. Well, I'm, happy, then, I'm, I'm happy for you that, that it worked out that way and made you feel that way because I'm yeah. the sort of person that would go, ah, oh, no, they could have done that better. And, it, and I, I would have, you know, I would have, I would have just gone. So I'm, for you being such such a huge fan that i'm i'm happy for you that that worked out that well because that could have been devastatingly crushing no of course it would have because you've already um, seen the film well like we've already seen i've probably seen the film already a thousand times anyway so getting to see it in an experience where they're doing it like that like i'm i'm, yeah. I'm well gutted that I, like another key moment would have been the musical uh, the weekend yeah. the country went down in lockdown was the the ticket I had booked mm -hmm. to go see it uh, because every response I've heard from it was absolutely amazing. Mm. So that key moment when they did that, even when they did the scene of uh, uh, the 1955 scene and the calf scene when he takes the the, the skateboard from mm -hmm. the kids and does that, they did that scene in the. Wow! I was like, you've really interacted with the crowd here. Yeah. 
and you know you're cheering this actor on and he was loving it to mm. bits because he goes it's the best thing he could have done to play mighty mcfly as a stunt double and do mm. this work and bring that bring those scenes to life yeah yeah i think that was the key thing about that and they didn't want to because when i spoke to i think it was somebody backstage uh because i wanted to know about the special effects that they did mm-hmm. i was like that scene of the and the delorean wasn't even going 88 miles per hour G- generally that was just out of excitement it looked like it mm-hmm. but the light show that they put on he was probably driving five miles per hour because <laughs> remember there's a thousand probably a, just under a 800 people there mm-hmm. they don't want no accidents happening at no, that no. speed uh so but the light show it was really good it was precise they 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 did it at the exact point it looked like even doc bank brown got electrocuted but they had these gloves that had led lights through them right and the wire had the led lights of the lightning mm-hmm. that struck and it was just perfect timing and mm. yeah it worked out for me genuinely one of my most exciting moments you're saying about the um the skateboard scene being reenacted that was so friendly and burton who was in episode one that was mm-hmm. one scene he always said he'd love to recreate like re like fan make um yeah. but the idea of of doing that let alone filming it and making it you know look good and anything like the film the amount of work i i, I couldn't even imagine also, you've got to find a lot of like manure as well. Like that's going to be. A... They did good. They did yeah. good. And I think they they didn't want to put the actors through manure, so they used something else. Uh, well, yeah, synthetic. Yeah. I'm sure they did. Uh, yeah. But it was good. It was really good. They they really put the time and effort into it. I think Secret Cinema are a company that know that people are going to take this home with them, mm-hmm. like that sort of memory. I mean, you couldn't even take our phones in with us. We'd put them in lockers. Wow. We couldn't film the set or anything. Genuinely. They said you're in 1955. They didn't have mobile phones. No, but what well, they did yeah. do is they had people selling 35 mil cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've still got the pictures for. And they're absolutely amazing. Uh, the exposures came out wrong in some of them, but it, it is what it is. I'm not going to complain. No, no. Uh, but to get a couple of shots there, would it's just amazing. But uh, it was, um, they wanted you to keep that moment to yourself. Why do you need yeah. your phone for? You don't need to film everything. And it was great because that kind of taught me a bit of restrictions when it came to me enjoying things for that moment. Because we're quick to pull out our phones and just kind of ruin a moment where you can now just take that in completely. Yeah. you're not watching what was happening. No. You're looking through your phone. So, yeah, yeah. for me. I I had a moment, a slight thing from that. Um, I'm very conscious of the time as well now. No, that's all right. I can't remember if I mentioned this on another one. I think I, think I did couple of episodes ago or something but my ex-wife and i went to the royal albert hall to mm-hmm. watch david gilmore perform live mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan of his and i was i yeah i, I was like i'm going i don't care how much tickets mm-hmm. cost even at 100 pound a seat i'm doing it um <laughs> which to some people is very cheap but i mean to me it was like I, mm, yeah you know my rent well it's more than my totally understand. i've got more <laughs> yeah. on rent but i mean you know still yeah. so when yeah we were there uh and i i I know it's not right, but I, I always put my phone in a top pocket and record the audio yeah. so I can still enjoy it, but I want to be able to listen back to it and sort of That's experience right. the actual thing. So, okay, although you shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it got to the end where he does uh, his big number, Comfortably Numb, and to sing the main verses was Benedict Cumberbatch. 
It's oh like, man! <laughs> ex-wife smacking me, smacking me. Film it, film it, film it, film it. I was like, all right, okay, fine. So I started filming it, but I like you say, I was focusing on the screen. I was like, no, no, no. I want to experience this. I actually want to enjoy right. this. I was desperately trying not to look at the screen and hold it roughly in the same place. Yeah, of course, it obstructs view for people behind you. That's so right. it's not fair on them. No. Part of me wishes I hadn't. And part of me wishes that we weren't in such a culture where you feel like you have to film everything like I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> I, I kid you not, I've got three cameras on me right now. Um, one one is for you, that doesn't record. You, <laughs> and then the other two are in case I need to do editing. Um, cool. Or one of them's out of focus or something. That's happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, to be able to actually experience the moment and just be able to take it in. And I think that's why... I can't speak for everyone, but I think that's why some of my memories aren't great because my head almost goes, it's all right, you've got that recorded somewhere. Don't worry about it. No, and it's true. It's just an automatic feeling. You know? So like, it's like when you, people say about writing a note down so you don't forget. As soon as I write it down, I forget because my brain goes, I've written it down. I can read that when I need to know. It's it's a very, Uh, it's a very weird, strange thing. And I, as as an artist, I, I put that into constant thought, constant thought, constant thought. Right. And it's difficult. I mean, I'm, I have to be on these platforms so I can share my workout, but scheduling, timing, to-do list mm-hmm. that I mark off the wall. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to remember things. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Mobile phones, uh, I think this is a whole different conversation anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it will, yeah. They're a blessing will be... and a curse. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, definitely. We could get into another two <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I can't oh, you got one more, haven't you? I've got one more. Right. Uh, I think if it's going to be my moment, my favorite moment and my love for Back to the Future was when I did meet Michael J. Fox and how he told me about continuing on your journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't Tragic things are going to happen in life. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Uh, sometimes you're not going to get back up. Uh, dude, I got Parkinson's. I'm still going. Yeah, I will keep that with me forever. You can pretty much trump that, trump anything. You've yeah, got. <laughs> it's like keep. Yeah, really? he he. I've got this. Come on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you, you don't even think about like you know, if you know. I mean, God forbid anything in the near future. Uh, old age, yeah. I know, kicks in, but mm-hmm. things things happen to the body, doesn't it? So, but for him to say that, because I think he was in his was he in his late thir- just early thirties when he got diagnosed. I can't remember. Yeah. And you know, young, know, you could see it in his movies, Frighteners, where he was still calling that Doc when mm-hmm. he was when he was filming. And then Spin City, you could see him deteriorating in that. Yeah. And yes, he had to take a break from it and start up all these projects to understand the the condition he's got and to hear him say what he said. Like mm. we're quick to definitely say, you know, dude, you inspire me, role model you know look up to the way you work and everything like that and we're easy to give the story of like i i've gone through this and i don't know what to do and i'm stuck and like Hmm. he goes just you know just keep going it's all i mean anything you're gonna get if you're gonna have somebody tell you because i'm not gonna give you a full story just keep going that's it so yeah that's one of my key moments with michael j fox himself to say that Mm -hmm. and and compliment me on my artwork when I see it. I was hoping he could oh, put it good. up in his office somewhere, but yeah, definitely. If it's in his collection and he looks at it and he says, I remember that dude, 
yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy because I had a, a, a great moment of yeah. my childhood, like meeting him. So mm. uh, yeah. it's pushed me on into the type of work I do now. I have uh, kept, I've, I've listened to that word of advice and I've implemented it in the things I do. It's good. Definitely. So that's my key moment, dude. Uh, top five of uh, Back to the Future, my Back to the Future journey. I now feel bad. I've got two more because that's a good ending. Um, no, go for it. Go for it. Let me know. Interesting fact. Again, you're bound to know. Who was considered for Doc Brown before uh, Christopher Lloyd? That one I don't know. <gasps> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum? Apparently, according to Mr. Bob Gayle. Although I'd have enjoyed it because I love Jeff Goldblum. Again, it would not have been anywhere near the same. But that would have been Jeff Goldblum and Eric Stoltz. Completely different film altogether but again. Then you've got... Uh, that's, yeah, you're right. That would have been a completely different film. Jeff Goldblum. Doesn't mean it oh, wouldn't man, have been that's good. that's thrown me off. But it would just... What? <laughs> It'd be, it wouldn't be as... You know, like I think Back to the Future is one of them hyper stylistic movies mm -hmm. and hyper stylistic acting as well. Yeah. You know, them two characters kept you watching that screen because of the way they bounced yeah. off each other. Yeah. So to have the two laid back type of actors because the type of movies that they do, I don't think yeah. the movie would have that hyperlistic hype. That's not even a word. Hyper feeling. <laughs> hyper, like that hype that they would have in the film. I don't think... Yeah. We would have got a much more laid back Back to the Future. It looked like they've been uh, smoking Cheech and Chong. Yeah. It would have been one of those ones. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a really laid... You know what? Now saying that, I want to see it. Imagine Jeff Goldblum just so casually saying, Great Scott. I know. Just just like thinking to himself, Great Scott. Anyway, um, and the, the last uh, interesting facts for me, and it this blew my mind earlier when I was watching the third one, because... Like I said before, I, I watch a number of podcasts. Obviously, Joe Rogan is, is known as like the, the, the king and what That's have you right, right now. Um, and there's a lot of other ones. I don't know which ones you watch, but have you ever watched Whiskey Ginger? So it's Andrew Santino's. No. Right. No. So his opening music, uh, because it's called Whiskey Ginger, it opens yeah. up with the phrase, in, we, in here, we pour whiskey. And it's the it's taken from the third from one. Back to the the bartender <laughs> says that, but when he said it earlier, I was like, oh, I've never noticed that's where it's from. And then also, I never picked up on the fact that in there, in the same like opening track, it says, yeah. "You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy five dollars for the horse." I should have picked it from that. I it just didn't even. But as soon as that, as soon as he said that, I went. I I had no idea. That's absolutely incredible. But that's um, brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. So, oh, no, um, I didn't know that. No, definitely. I'll check that podcast out as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, I don't know what sort of uh, podcasts you are into. So it's sort of... Uh, I'm I'm kind of like an avid listener to a lot of... I'm, I'm open-minded when it comes to that. Right, okay. I like learning new things. I mean, that's the one thing you learn when, when we're doing podcasts. Is yeah. We're learning different things about different cultures, people, situations, technology. Uh, we are, I suppose... Uh, I think in the past 10 years, we've become a very... Uh, it's a a culture of uh, taking on things at the moment now yeah and having this platform i feel like has opened up massively where you know when i first started listening to joe rogan and my brother introduced me to joe rogan because of ufc mm -hmm. and then you know his podcast is not just based on one thing no 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 this guy is you know it's vast you know he's got different type of things going on there and mm -hmm. i just felt like oh suddenly i learned something new from that yeah i think when he had uh oh what was that 
I think his surname is Snowdown. Edward? Edward Snowdown. Yeah. yeah. So he did a podcast with him. And it was about mobile technology, which mm. made me switch my phone off straight away and put <laughs> it into a foil. Uh, but like I learned so much from that. And that immediately, yeah. a conversation came up during uh, my sister who got married recently. And when I met her in-laws and I was speaking to the younger brothers and we were talking about mobile technology, that I was saying everything from that podcast yeah. to them guys. And I love it because it's a new way of learning as well. It was definitely a new way of learning. So uh, I'm mostly drawn to uh, like the artist podcast for when it comes to DC and Marvel comics, mm-hmm. fan theories about movies, Back to the Future. But mostly, I mean, Joe Rogan, I think he's my number one guy at the moment. He's the one I listen to as well. But mm. I've uh, recently, this year, I've been featured on a few podcasts and it's opened me up to different genres now yeah. and uh, different experience because it's not about, I think podcasts I've done with my brother have been based on movies and comic books where now I've actually singled out that I'm a, I'm, I'm, I am a Back to the Future fan. I'll always be that Back to the Future fan. And it's actually nice to go away from comic books and artwork and actually talk about it because... Right on the last podcast that I spoke to with Mike, he, it was just the blast. It's, it's good fun. I love knowing that I can share my passion for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of wide variety at the moment now. Yeah. I'd say that's my, yeah. my next step um, is to try on and feature on other podcasts, mm-hmm. except that I haven't worked out what my thing is yet. <laughs> you, f- you found yours, which is great. Yeah. I need to find mine because otherwise I say, yeah. hey, I'll come on. What are you going to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't it's really difficult. work. It doesn't it work. It is difficult. But, I think um, I did. Yeah, I did that. with. I had to narrow it down. Uh, yeah. We did like a, a pre-conversation and I'm a big fan of the Marvel stuff, the DC stuff, my artwork. And mm-hmm. then the guy was like, dude, we need to narrow it down or we'll end up having an eight hour conversation. Yeah. And then it just came to I looked on my wall and I was like, oh, back to the future. That was it. I was like, I'm going to stick to that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely back to the future. There's also yeah. the fear of saying something and getting like cancelled and whatever, which which is easier for us at our <laughs> level to just be yeah. eliminated. Um, of course. And, and I've even said one or two things I have put out there. I've gone, <laughs> can I? Well, no, because I said that I was in the wrong. That makes me okay, right? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just sort of like, oh, no. Anyway, um, so where can we find you? Uh, I am on, let's start this, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Uh, if you uh, type in Kibla Ahmed Art, uh, K-I-B-L-A-A-H-M-E-D-A-R-T, all one word, mm-hmm. uh, in Google, they will all pop up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on all the social platforms. Uh, yeah, the TikTok one's a fun one. <laughs> I haven't even dared. I, I, yeah. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, anyway, it's I share all my artwork and my Back to the Future passion on all of the platforms. Right. So yeah, don't worry, you won't catch me dancing, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ah, see, now I'm just picturing you with a with the the guitar reenacting bits of that on there instead. Oh man, I would um, love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, thank you very much for doing this. And um, no, you're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you, even though it's not no. technically meeting, but um, maybe one day at a Comic-Con in the future. Um, yes, definitely. Definitely. Come and uh, actually say hi. It'll be a very weird meeting. 
just because it's it, it would I don't know it'd just be bizarre in the nicest way possible I mean it's no, just no of course of course you, I tell you, you, you know exactly what I mean yeah uh, I'm so good at just saying awkward things um it's all right dude so yeah thank you very much no you're welcome thank you for having me on dude absolutely a pleasure it's uh been good fun good I'm glad I'm glad because uh that's always a worry <laughs> I think, no, you think you're one, you're one of the first people in a long time that hasn't gone, oh, I don't know, I don't think I'd be interesting enough to come on. I'm like, come on, trust me, you know. Know your value. That's what I've learned as well. Know your value. Yeah. It's such an important thing when it comes to something like that. An opportunity never knocks on the door all the time, you know. No. I realized that when I get, when I've got invited to podcasts, it was like, when I first started, it was, oh, who am I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you are. <laughs> trust me so no it's been an absolute pleasure and a great one too i love geeking out it's it's one of my major things it's my passion i love it i, I live for it even though i work in customer service <laughs> <laughs> right so i yeah i will let you go now perfect all right andrew take care yourself have a nice evening andrew. dude and then this is the awkward bit where we're trying to like end it whilst already saying goodbye <laughs> i love that i love that part yeah